It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Those that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. This famous quote is as true today for the Nashville Predators as it was when it was once uttered by Winston Churchill or Wiley Coyote. I don't really know who said that. Um, On today's episode of Locked on Predators, we are going to take a look at tonight's game against the Carolina Hurricanes, and we are going to take a look back at the playoff series from last season to see what Nashville can learn from their past against the Hurricanes. And of course, it's Friday. That means I've gotten out the family recipe and we have cookies to give out for our hockey hero of the week. On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Predators, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am Ann Kimmel. I am a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com, where I cover all things Nashville Predators. And I am usually joined by my co-host and my partner in crime, Nick Morgan. But Nick is taking a few days off. He's enjoying some vacation time in sunny Florida. So for the next few episodes, I will be flying so Well, we have a lot to talk about on today's show. Tonight, the Nashville Predators will be playing the Carolina Hurricanes. This game is going to take place in Carolina, in Raleigh. Puck drop is at 6 p.m. Central Time, which is an hour earlier than what we are generally used to. So make note of a 6 p.m. puck drop time. So on today's show, we're going to talk about how these two teams match up now. We're also going to take a look back at the playoff series against the Carolina Hurricanes and see what Nashville may have learned or may still need to learn about playing Carolina. But first, let's take a look at where Nashville is now. If you are a longtime listener of our show, you know that we have been talking about the Nashville Predators and kind of the streak that they're on. Yesterday's show, we discussed whether it's time to hit the panic button. Nashville is on a three-game losing streak. Now, we agreed it might not be time to absolutely lose your jahuha over everything going on in Nashville, but it is kind of a time for concern, especially uh, it feels a little anxiety-producing because Philip Forsberg's future in Nashville is a little up in the air. So we talked about that on yesterday's show, three-game losing streak. There are definitely areas of play that Nashville needs to address. Uh, we've talked before about their penalties. This is a team that's taking a few too many unnecessary penalties, stick penalties, tripping penalties, for the love of all that's holy, stop hooking, you know, these kind of things need to be cleaned up. There's also maybe a couple of defensive breakdowns that are happening on zone exits that we need to clean up a little bit. Another issue that is plaguing the Nashville Predators right now, believe it or not, is Nick Cousins. Not 
because he is an issue, but because Nick Cousins is actually out of the lineup. He is week to week with a lower body injury. Um, our good friend Brian Baston at OnTheForeCheck.com had a really great article talking about how the loss of Nick Cousins might be more than what people think. You kind of think, well, he's not a top scorer. He's not a top line guy. But what Nick Cousins can do is slot in anywhere where uh, John Hines might need him. And so to lose a piece that is as versatile as Nick Cousins, you know, this is something that the Predators need to keep an eye on. And it's something that they're going to miss. Right now, as it stands, Nashville is fourth in a really competitive, exhaustingly competitive central division. Uh, Nashville's been as high as second behind Colorado. Uh, but this three-game losing streak and some surging teams have really shifted that. And now they are fourth currently. They're only two points ahead of Dallas, which we don't want to be anywhere close to Dallas for a number of reasons. So a little bit concerning when you're looking at the competitive central division. So this would be a game tonight that would be a big two points for Nashville. And I also think it would be a big boost snapping them out of this losing streak. As far as special teams go with Nashville, they're doing really well, which is something that is fun to say after some of the previous seasons. Uh, the power plays at 24.32%, which is above league average penalty kill also above league average, uh, not as high ranked as it once was. At one time, we were like second or third in the league in uh, power play, which was magical. Let's just be real honest. That was magical. Uh, had a little bit more trouble with it lately, but still really respectable on special teams. So Nashville's entering this game, yes, on a losing streak, but they also have a really strong um, core group performing well. The mistakes that they're making are easy to clean up, something simple that can be taken care of with a few minor adjustments. So this is not outside of the realm of win. So everybody take a deep breath about 559 because I think, you know, we can be okay. So let's talk about Carolina. You hear Carolina Hurricanes, and honestly, we all clench a little bit because this is a really tough team to beat. They are second in the Metropolitan behind Pittsburgh. Believe it or not, that surprised me. Uh, but just two points back. And, and the Metropolitan's a pretty competitive division as well. But Carolina is struggling a little bit. In their last five games, they are one, two, and two. They've had losses against Minnesota. Could have used a, them beating them, but they didn't. And uh, they lost to Ottawa. And they had overtime losses to Toronto. And they also lost in overtime against a really tough Florida Panthers team. Played a great game. Just happened to drop the game in overtime. From a statistical standpoint, you're looking at two teams that are actually very evenly matched when it comes to things like the power play. They are nearly identical penalty kill wise. Uh, Carolina is a little bit better on the kill, but statistically speaking, as far as things like goals per game on the power play, the penalty kill percentages, you're looking at two very evenly matched teams, which take a minute and soak that in. Nashville is statistically doing similar to the Carolina Hurricanes. 
that feels pretty good, friends. So let's, you know, celebrate that. Now, when you look at Carolina's roster, though, it does give you pause. Of course, they have Sebastian Ajo, who is their points and goal scoring leader, and he is just an offensive juggernaut. Uh, you have Andre Svechnikov also, and the two of them together really are producing great offensive uh, points for this team. Their assist leader is Tony D'Angelo, who they picked up, and that was kind of a, a thing, but it seems to be working out so far okay. A uh, couple of issues, but okay. Um, one of the things that concerns me when I look at this Carolina roster, especially with Aho and Svechnikov, is that Nashville lately has been allowing what feels like an obscene number of shots per game. Uh, and that that could be something that's very dangerous when you have two offensive-minded players like Aho and Svechnikov uh, on the team. So that's something to keep an eye on. Nashville's allowed, you know, several games with 40 plus shots on goal. And that's something they're going to not want to do. Speaking of things being on goal, let's talk about goaltending when we look at these two teams. You have two players who are mentioned with the Vesna. I don't think either one of them are going to win it, but you have UC Saros, who is having just a phenomenal year in net for the Nashville Predators. And you have the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina went and got themselves some Frederick Anderson, and Frederick Anderson has had a great season for Carolina. He is, of course, another name mentioned in those, you know, top five, maybe Vesna uh, trophy winners, potentially. Uh, he has a 927 save percentage, 2.07 goals against allowed. So two really great goaltenders. Again, another way these two teams are matching up really well is in net two great goaltenders. So a lot of similarities between these teams and this game tonight is going to be a battle. So that's a little bit of where the Predators and the Hurricanes are now. But what can we learn as we look back at who they were at the end of last season when they faced each other in the first round of the playoffs? Well, Coming up, I'm going to let you in on that. I spent some time re-watching playoff games and took some notes, some things that hopefully the Predators have learned, and we're going to talk about those in just a minute. But first, want to let you know that our uh, episode today is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. This is the time of year, you know it is, when many of us have given up on our New Year's resolutions. But this year, I have a secret weapon that is helping me stick to my healthy eating plan, and that is Built Bars. It almost feels like I'm not keeping a New Year's resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried Built Bar Puffs? Okay, if you have not tried these, you are missing out on one of their best tasting Built Bars. They are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy, they're marshmallowy. It's not just a protein bar. You are eating a treat and they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite and they have some incredible flavors like yummy cinnamony churro. That one is my 17-year-old's favorite flavor. They also have coconut marshmallow and hello banana cream pie. 
say pi, it's a win. They are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, but they still are low in calories and high in protein. So go to your secret candy stash drawer that you keep hidden from the kids. I know you have one too. And replace your candy bars with Built Bars. They're so much better tasting and better for you. They uh, contain about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They come in all kinds of delicious flavors. I just loved a mint brownie yesterday, have had coconut, coconut almond, new for this month, cookies and cream with white chocolate. They are delicious and new flavors come out all the time. So check out their website. Go to built.com. Use their promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked on NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked on NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So had some free time and went back and rewatched the Carolina Nashville series, the round one playoff series. And I also have to true, true confession time. I did include the last uh, two Carolina games of the season uh, just to kind of get a look at where the Predators were, how they've gotten better, what they may still struggle with, and kind of to get a picture of, you know, how has this team changed over this season? Of course, one of the most obvious changes is that this roster looks very different. I was kind of surprised looking back at how different this roster was. You kind of forget things as you get sucked into the new season and the new roster. Of course, we are missing Victor Arvidsson and Ryan Ellis. Uh, but also, we don't have Eric Halla, Richardson, Yarncrook, Goodbranson, uh, Olivier, and my personal heartbreak, Rem Pitlick, no longer with the team. You know, Nashville had to make some really hard choices in the offseason. They lost Yarncroke to the Seattle Kraken. RV and Ellis were traded. But when you look at where the team is now, I think that we can all say that this is a better Nashville team. This roster is a better roster now. And I'm not sure that's something that Nashville Predators fans would have said watching these trades go down in the offseason and seeing some of these players' pieces moved or going down to Milwaukee or being part of a trade. So... I think we need to take a minute and just appreciate that for all of the things that happen that Preds fans get frustrated with. You can look at some of these moves and already objectively say, this is a better team now. Carolina also made some changes. Probably the biggest and most obvious change as I rewatch this is that they traded Nadelkovich, which really watching these games surprised me. And it surprised me when it happened because he played so well for Carolina, but they just didn't feel like maybe he was going to be the goaltender to get them there. They have such a strong core group and they maintained that core group for the most part. They've added a few pieces here here and there, but their core group is there. And they brought in again, Frederick Anderson doing fantastic for them. So they look a little bit more similar, I would say, than Nashville. 
one of the things too that I noticed that's a little bit different in an exciting way are the line combinations. And we've talked before about the frustration of the line blender and that we were still seeing some of that in the playoff round, still trying to find those magical line combinations. And I think John Hines was starting to kind of get onto something because he had Duchesne Forsberg and Joe Hansen together in the playoffs. And this was a trio that saw some success in the playoffs uh, for sure. Uh, but this year now they've taken Johansson and put him on the second line and put Mikhail Granlin in there. And I think that we can all agree that Mikhail Granlin has been huge for Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne. Duchesne and Forsberg are both having just stellar years. And you can say that's because of what they've done in the offseason. You can say because for Forsberg, it's a contract year and he's stepping up his game. Um, you can say that Duchesne worked on some other parts of his game, but I think you can't ignore the key component there. And that is that Mikhail Granlin is on that line. So I think that line change has been really good for Nashville. The other thing I noticed is that the herd line was starting to come together and, and mutate into what we have now. Uh, it was Olivier, Sissons, and Trenin during the playoff round. We didn't really see as much Tanner Janot with them. Uh, it became a slow emergence of Janot through the course of those last couple of games and into the playoff round and where you saw really glimpses of, wait a minute, this is who Tanner Janot turned out to be. And you can see some of that success in these playoff games. Uh, you had Yakov Trenin net front with some tip-in goals. You had Tanner Janot with a great breakaway goal. And you had Colton Sissons out throw in some big hits and forechecking, which is not probably who you think of first when you think of herd line and forechecking. But um, in the playoffs, he really had a strong physical game. Defense looked very different uh, looking back at the Carolina series from last year. And of course, you can say it looks very different because Ryan Ellis is gone. And that's definitely true. But I think there's two other factors that jumped out to me. Number one, there was no Mark Borowiecki. If you remember, Boro struggled at the end of last year, really um, struggled to find his game. He had some things going on personally and on the ice just was not seeing the kind of success that they really wanted to see from him. And so he was not in many of these games at all. Uh, he has worked hard, earned his way back into the lineup, and that pairing of Boro and Benning has been very successful for Nashville this season. But you just didn't see any Borvietsky in the playoffs. The other thing that jumped out at me, and this was probably something that stood out to me the most, was Alexander Carrier. And I know it seems hard to believe that we've only had Alexander Carrier as a regular for a little over a season. Um, he looked a little bit young and unsure on the ice during that playoff series where he was just starting to get regular ice time. Uh, but you watch what he has developed into, and it is just a credit to Hines, and it is a credit to the system, and it is a credit to Carrier because he is a confident 
key defensemen for this Nashville Predators team. Nick and I have talked about it before. You can put Alexander Carrier with an offensively minded, creative Roman Yossi player, and he knows how to play solid lockdown defense and support what Yossi creates. You can put him with a much more defensive-minded Matthias Ekholm, and that frees up Carrier, Carrier to create some things himself. And so you just see almost this Bambi standing for the first time on the ice, Alexander Carrier in this playoffs, and to appreciate just the absolute solid performance that Nashville gets from him is just chef's kiss. So that was definitely one of the highlights for me from watching these games back is the development and the growth of Alexander Carrier. Of course, goaltending the looks very different for Carolina this year. UC Soros in this series had so many big saves. We were really seeing the UC Soros of this season, we were seeing uh, the confidence, we were seeing um, just the ability to make the big saves. I think he moves better this season as I was watching this back. I think he moves more efficiently in net and just moves better, anticipates better, but also just really strong performance from Saros in that series last year. Coming up, we're going to take all of these observations, we're going to mix it up, put it together, and I'm going to tell you what this tells us about the Nashville Predators now and the keys that they need to learn from their past to make their future tonight a big success. But first, our friends at Bet Online want you to know that football might be over for the season, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. So from the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it is not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cash Back Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit, Discover Bank, member FDIC. So we've talked a lot about what happened last season in the playoff series. So let's take what we've learned from the past and put it all together in lessons for tonight. What are the keys for the Predators to win? They lost the series 4-2 last year. What can we learn from that? Well, the first thing we need to do tonight is have good defensive support net front. UC Soros can do it all. UC Soros shouldn't have to. 
Uh, when you have players like Sebastian Ajo, you have Svechnikov, you have these offensive weapons just zipping around. The defense is going to really need to be uh, in support of UC Saros in net. Uh, we need to not ask him to play the way he had to play in that series last year. One of the areas to watch, especially, is the back door. Uh, we got burned on that in against Carolina in the playoff series. And that's something that earlier in the season, Nashville had some trouble with was watching kind of a backdoor. So good defensive support net front for UC Soros. Another thing that we need to do tonight to win is get Duchesne and Forsberg firing. You know, these uh, playoff games and this season, this looks very different when you have Forsberg and Duchesne being creative with the puck, um, making things happen. They were really heating up in the playoff round. They've carried that over to this season. These are two guys who can really put the team on their back and build a lot of momentum for the team. The third thing, the third key to winning this comes down to more than Duchesne and Forsberg. It comes down to secondary scoring. And that's something that the Predators had in their playoff series that maybe lately is dropped off a bit. Luke Cunning came up big against Carolina in the playoffs. We haven't heard as much from Luke Cunning offensively as we may want to. Also would love to see Yakov Trenin get some tip-in goals like he had. Would love to see him net front. Also need to see Tanner Janot has cooled off a bit. So if Janot, Tolvanen, maybe Tomasino, if we can get some secondary scoring from those guys, I think Nashville really does have a good opportunity tonight for a competitive game for a two points that would be really helpful in the Central Division and I think, too, this game would be a real boost. Nashville is going into a stretch of really difficult games against some tough opponents. A win tonight in Carolina would be huge. And I think if they pay attention defensively and if they can get a couple of offensive pieces firing, they can hold their own against a really tough Carolina team. Remember tonight, we're playing Carolina in Carolina, puck drop, 6 p.m. Central Time. Don't want you to miss that. So make sure you are ready for game an hour earlier than what we're used to. Before we go, of course, it is Friday. That means that we have cookies to give out. I've been busy baking away. And my cookies this week are actually not going to a Nashville Predator, although, you know, love the boys. I think everybody should be fed on the team. Food is love. But instead, I have been busy covering the Olympics and watching Olympic hockey, as I'm sure most of you have. And my cookies this week are going to Miss Brianna Decker. Uh, Brianna Decker worked her tail off for four years, earned her spot on this Olympic team, and only got to put in about 10 minutes of ice time for her Olympic experience before she got tangled up and uh, broke her leg and damaged ligaments in her ankle. So really a very disappointing uh, Olympic experience for Brianna Decker, but she chose to stay in Beijing with the team and has been with them this whole time, cheering them on, rooting them on, supporting her teammates. Um, saw them win the silver medal on Wednesday night in the loss to Canada. 
she is coming back to the United States with the team. Now she'll be facing surgery and of course, a rehab process that I'm sure is not the most fun thing. And so for that reason, and for her being just such a great teammate, despite what has to be a huge personal disappointment, I am awarding Brianna Decker a giant plate of warm Duchess cookies. Thank you so much, Brianna Decker, and to all of the Team USA women's hockey. You guys uh, really was a fantastic tournament. So coming up next week, we will have, of course, on Monday, our game recap, which will include one word to describe how tonight's game in Carolina went. And next week, we are going to begin a week of celebration. Look, I know you've heard of Philbuary, which celebrated Philip Forsberg. Friends, we are celebrating all next week, the month of February. We are going to celebrate all things Pecorine, looking back at his best moments in Smashville as we look ahead to his Jersey retirement coming up next Thursday night. So all that coming up on Locked on Predators. Thanks again, everyone, for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you have a fantastic Friday and a great weekend. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.